0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Well, good morning, CWC Bay Area. How's everyone doing this morning? It is such an honor to have you in the house of God. And I I tell you what, as you notice, you got new uh, carpet under your feet and... uh, as of tomorrow, um, the sanctuary will be repainted as well. And uh, we're in the process of doing a lot of things. We need to get this place uh, put back together. And uh, it's, it's really, the building is old. The building has taken some. Uh, it's, it's really been beaten down over the years. And so this summer, uh, bless you, this summer we're going to be, uh, be, I know summertime's over, but we have to replace the roof on this place as well. After we do that, there's a lot of things inside we want to get taken care of as well. And you're going to have an opportunity to be part of that as well. Uh, it's going to cost us about 75000 to redo the roof. And so we're going to try to raise about 50,000 of that with your help here at the church to try to get that covered and uh, then from there the church parking lot is going to be about another hundred grand as well. And so we got a lot of things that we need to do but one of the things is we can't reach out to the to the lost until we take care of what God's given us right now. And so we want to do our best to take care of what God's blessed us with and so in the next few weeks you're going to be hearing about the opportunity to join us in being part of raising that 50 grand to help us get the roof done and once we get the roof done we'll start working on the other stuff from there and you'll have an opportunity to be a part of that amen Amen. I I said amen amen Amen. would you stand to your feet let's get into the word turn your Bibles with me to the book of Luke chapter 15 now if you're if you're new to CWC Bay Area we're not asking for your money this is for family this is for those of you that call CWC Bay Area your home we don't want you to feel pressure to give But if this is your home, we're inviting you to be part. You know, if you had a leak at your house, you'd fix it. And speaking of leak, we had the water heater go off uh, leak this morning. And so it flooded the children's uh, classes this morning. And so we have a remediation company, as I'm speaking, taking care of that problem. And so there's things that need to get taken care of. And we're going to we're going to make sure we get that done. Luke chapter 15. Today is the final message in the return. And we've been talking about the return, the prodigal son coming home. And I'm believing that God is going to begin to bring every prodigal that has ever served God, that has walked away, or individuals that have experienced the goodness of God, that this is the season they're going to begin to come home once again. Come on, somebody say amen. Uh, for those of you that don't know the story, verse 11 says this. There was a certain man that had two sons. How many sons? Two. And his younger of them went to his father. It's always the younger one. <laughs> How many of you are the youngest in your family? Okay, yeah, you, just, you just answered that question for me. Okay. He says, the younger of, the fa- of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion that falls to me. In other words, I don't want to wait till you die. I want my inheritance right now. That's bold. Now, you know he wasn't Latin because if he was Latin, his father would have told him, oh, heck no. Get back to work. Get out to the fields. Take care of something. Because in the Latin community, that just don't fly. But he goes to his dad and says, I want my inheritance. And his dad gives it to him. In fact, verse 13 says this. He says, so he divided it to his livelihood between them. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. And then what? He what? Wasted. Wasted his possessions with prodigal living it means wild living. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus name. Everyone says Amen. you may be seated this morning. Now, now, the prodigal son I want you to understand is this, is that that, that word prodigal means to, is spending money or resources freely or recklessly or even extravagantly. Have you ever been in a season in your life where you're just wasting money? And that's where, that's where he's at. He's wasting, he's going to the club. He's making it rain. He's getting bottle service. He has, he has his place reserved. This boy is spending money like he's buying cars. He's buying clothes. He's just going, he's not just saying, and I like this, I want it in every color. This guy is going extravagant. Now, the problem is this. He came from a good home. And what's interesting is all the prodigals that I've ever seen, that I've ever dealt with or even heard from, is that I found this. It's not that the prodigals came from a bad parent. The story of the prodigal son isn't a story of a bad parent. It's a story of a confused child. The child is going through a season, and what's a struggle? What I love what the father does. The father doesn't drown with his child. Come on, it's good. Let me try this side. The father doesn't drown with his child. Now, let me explain it to you this way. How many times have I seen a child go off and the parent is so much trying to save the child that they go under with them? You can't help your child if you're drowning with them. The prodigal son's child, the prodigal son, his dad doesn't chase him down. You want to leave? There's a door. You want to live that way? Help yourself. I'm going to give you what I worked hard for. But when you leave this house, I want you to know you made the choice to leave. But the doors are always open for you to come home. I'm not going to chase you, but I am going to leave the doors open for you. Someone say amen. Amen. Now, he came from a good home, a successful home. We hear nothing about his mom, so we don't know maybe his mom passed away when he was younger or what. But he, he finds himself without a mom, and it's only him and his dad. But I want you to recognize something about the prodigal. He wants the blessings without the blesser. He wants the inheritance without the father. He wants, and the father never tries to stop him. And see, once increase came, someone say increase. increase. I said, Once increase came, he left his father's house. Ooh, Whenever we get what we need and we begin to get blessed and increase, all of a sudden our need of God disappears. I've always said it's not the bad times that you need that you, you that show who you are, it's the good times. Because when you're broke, when you're on the verge of divorce, when your marriage is falling apart, when your children are lost, when you're, when you're hooked on drugs or whatever, you need God in those seasons and so we run to God. You find out that you're dying, you run to God. I don't worry about people during the crisis seasons. I worry about them during the blessed seasons. It's when increase comes and you don't need God, will you still show up to church? Will you still serve God? Will you still honor the Lord? Will you still recognize how much you need God in your life? And see, it's once we get out of the storm, isn't it, that shows who we are. That when we come out of the storm, it shows whether we need God or not. Amen. That's good, That's good. And l- listen to this. He leverages the Father's blessings to sin. God, his father, blesses him. And he uses what his father earned and he wastes it in sin. Now, it's easy to sit back and say, man, that father blew it by giving his son that money. And so as a result, instead of blaming the kid, you blame the father. You cannot judge the goodness of God based on what we do with his blessings. You cannot judge the goodness of God based on what we do with his blessings. God may bless you with money and you could snort that money. God may give you money and you may waste it on prostitutes. You cannot take a look at the blessings of God and blame God for what we do with the blessings God gives us. God trusts you with the blessings that he gave. So don't judge God's blessing according to man's ignorance. So Let me say that again. Do you don't judge God's blessing according to man's ignorance. Because God has blessed us. God has given grace. I see individuals that that are serving God. They get married and then they disappear. They don't serve God anymore. They pray for a child. They get the child and then they don't show up to church and they're not serving God anymore. They pray for a job. They get the money. They get the house. They get the boat. And then they don't serve God anymore. Don't get mad at God. God blessed them. God ministered to them. God's goodness was shown forth to them. But they take the blessings of God and they walk away from Him. Him. It was only when increase came that he walked away from God. But listen to this. The moment. Someone say moment. moment. The moment he walked out of the father's house, his net, in, his net value began to decrease. His net worth began to decrease the moment he disconnected from the father's house. You see... There's something called corporate anointing. The anointing falls on the head and it comes down from there. Anointing flows down. And so the son is receiving blessing because of his father's anointing. Oh, you ain't hearing me. He's receiving blessing because of his father's anointing, his father's ability to make money, his father's ability to do business, his father's ability to manage things. And so as a result of his father's management, he gets blessed. But the moment he takes what his father gave him and he steps out of the covering, there is no longer the anointing that that God is blessing him with. And now he's on his own and everything that he got from his father, he wasted in a moment. You see, we think we know more than our fathers. But the moment you have the ability or you have the resources, we waste it. Listen carefully. Never forget to mis- never forget and mistake your resource as your source. Your job is not your source. Your job could shut down tomorrow and God is still your source my source is not the church. God is my source. My source is not the government. God is my source. My source is not the Republicans or the Democrats or the independents. My source is not the state of California. God is my source. And he says, if I cover, if I cover the flowers of the field and I feed the birds of the air, how much more are you value are you than, are, than they are? I want you to know that if God takes care of them, God will take care of you. Someone say amen. amen now now let, let me let me kind of catch you up to where we were that was this kind of little review verse 15 says then he went and he joined everyone say joined. joined himself to a citizen of the country and sent him into the fields to feed his swine see l- listen carefully when we lack everyone say lack. lack when you lack you end up joining to things you never would have joined to before you make partnerships with people you never would have made partnerships with. You see, whenever we join, we cleave, we cling to, we glue to, we connect to something, lack impairs our judgment. Say that again. Lack impairs your judgment. When you are lacking, you find yourself partnering with individuals that may meet your need at that moment, but they do not feed your soul. You, you end up compromising in your life. You end up connecting with friends. You connect with business. You begin to compromise certain areas. Lack impairs your judgment. Verse 16, he says this. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him Anything. The dude's starving. He was partying. He was living large at one time. Now he has nothing. And when he comes to this point, what was once repulsive to him has now become attractive to him. That's how I know I'm backsliding. Say it again, pastor. I know in my own personal walk that I am backsliding or I'm walking away from God when I begin to crave things that used to be repulsive to me. I never would have dreamt to drink that. I never would have dreamt to look at that. I never would have dreamt to hang out with that. But whenever I find myself in a place of famine, when I find my place in a place of hunger, when I find my place in a place of lack, it's very easy to start partnering, marrying, connecting, joining to things that you never would have thought about doing before. No one ever says when they're a child, I want to grow up and become a drug addict. I want to grow up and be a prostitute. No one says that. But there's still drug addicts and prostitutes out there. Why? Because we find ourselves in periods of lack and we end up joining with individuals we never should have partnered with. Now, now I want you to understand that when you're in lack, you begin to be willing to digest things you never would have considered before. Some of you are dating women you never would have given a second look to before. Some of you ladies are, man, I'm getting older, and so now you're considering dating guys that you never would have considered dating before. I want, I want to share four really quick things with you right now, okay? And if, take, take notes on this because I think if you don't need it today, you're going to need it in the future. First thing I want you to know is that when you're in the pig pens of life, the first thing you have to do is do what the prodigal son did, and that's wake up. Amen. Everyone say, wake up. Wake up. Hit your neighbor right now and tell him to wake up, okay? Wake up. Especially, especially Mario. Wake up, okay? <laughs> Number one, wake up. Look, look at verse 17. I, I want you to capture this. This is so powerful. Verse 17, he's sitting there in the pig pen. He's looking at the pigs eating, and something takes place. But this is why when I talk to certain individuals that are backslidden, friends that I have, I don't preach to them. Because most of them know the word already. When I get around them, I'm not preaching at them. I'm not, I'm not trying to bring them back home. I, I, when I see them, I just talk to them, hug them, love on them. But I, I recognize this. There is nothing I can do in and of myself to bring them to that place of awakening. Wow. Notice this, verse 17. But when he... But when he to himself, no one else can bring awakening to you. No one else can shake you and get you to a point to recognize what you're doing. Your wife can't, your mom can't, your dad can't, your family can't. No one can get you to recognize that it's time for a change in your life. I can preach till I'm blue in the face. And you can have someone, you can bring Billy Graham back from the grave to preach to you. But no one will be able to bring you to a place of recognition except you. When he came to himself. The New Living Translation says, when he finally came to his senses. If you ever had any family members and you see the way they're living you're like, man, what is wrong with this dude? They leave their wife or they leave their, their husband and then they come in with someone else and you're like, what did you do? I know beauty is not just on the outside, but... Man, come on. I mean, you're looking at things. It's like, dude, what are you thinking? You see the way they're living. You see how they're living. You see the the conditions that they're going through. You're like, man, when are you going to come to your senses? When are you going to wake up? And I need you to know that every day, I believe that the father was praying for his son. God, let today be the day that my son wakes up. Let today be the day that my son recognizes. Let today be the day that there's an awakening. And my prayer today for every one of you in here, that today would be the day that you come to your senses and realize you don't belong in the pig pen of life. God created you for something better. You don't belong hanging out with the swine. You don't belong in the mud. You don't belong in the dirt. God created you, set apart for a greater purpose than what you're experiencing today. Oh, come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. That word, he came, means he arrived. Came to one's senses. He woke up. Now, he's dirty. This is what I want you to capture. He's still sitting in the pig's pen. He's dirty. His hair is matted. His clothes at this point are falling apart. Gone are the Armani suits and the Gucci shoes. He's lost his Lamborghini chariot. He's lost everything. And he's sitting here. The Birkenstocks are gone. His feet are just stuck in the mud. And yet it's in this condition as he's sitting there around these pigs... That he comes to his senses. He wasn't free when he got to his father's house. He became free the moment he realized he didn't belong there anymore. The moment you believe and you recognize, I don't belong here. When you're sitting behind a a wall and you're talking to your family on the phone, well, there's a glass in between you. Something happens and you realize, I don't belong here. God created me for something more than this. When you're sitting there in that hospital bed with IVs in your arm because of that overdose, you begin to recognize, I don't belong here. When you see yourself sitting in a divorce court, you recognize, man, I don't belong here. This isn't what God created me for came to his senses it wasn't when he left the pig pen that he recognized he was, got, he was changed he arrived the moment he came to his senses see you, you, you'll never be free in your body mm. until you're first free in your mind but the, the problem isn't your environment no. the problem is how you think Some of you think you deserve what you're going through right now because you're looking at it through the lenses of the world, not through the lenses of a loving father. Secondly, he got up. Notice this verse 18. I will arise. Someone say I will arise. He says, I will arise and go to my father's house. This is the problem. Many of us come to our senses, but then we still stay in the situation. He recognized I I don't belong here, so I'm going to leave here. I don't belong here, so I'm going to leave here. I don't belong here, so I'm going to leave here. Someone's going to get it in a second. I don't belong here, so I'm going to leave here. Many of us are still dwelling in places you don't belong in. You know you don't belong in. Your spirit says you don't belong here. You walk in, you feel uncomfortable. You're, you're drinking, and you keep on drinking, and you still don't belong here. You've got to recognize that once you recognize I don't belong there, it's time to get up. I said, it's time to get up. He says, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned. He's going to take ownership of his situation. And so I want you to understand something. He got up. You got to get up. You you can't sit in that situation. See, there's some things God can't do for you. Please say that again, pastor. There's some things God can't do for you. Some of you are praying prayers that God can't answer. There's some things that only we can do that after you pray it, you have to walk it out. I could pray for your finances all I want, but if you don't change your spending habits, it's never going to change. You don't learn how to handle money. It's never going to change. We got to recognize there's some prayers God can't answer. What do I mean by that? God can't answer a prayer he's already answered. You're praying for something, but God already answered it. Amen. How did he answer it? When he created you to take dominion. <laughs> when, when Gideon was crying out for God's deliverance over the children of Israel while Midian was coming down and oppressing them, the angel of the Lord came to him and said, go in this might of yes. yours. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Not in my power. Go in the might of yours. In other words, I already designed you to, to set people free. I already, uh, I already wired you to make this happen. It's already in you. And many of us are praying for God to do something that God's already wired you to do. Wow. Let me go on. Verse 18. He, said, or he goes on, Father, I have sinned. Everyone say sinned. Sin. And th- This is a problem. None of us take ownership. After we're busted, too many times I've seen individuals, they're not sorry for their sin. They're sorry they got caught. That part. part. We're crying. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I hurt you. No, what you're sorry is you got busted. Because if you'd never got busted, it would still be going on right now. And that sometimes getting busted is the grace of God. Yes. Amen. You keep ending up back in jail because you keep making bad choices, that's the grace of God. God's trying to get you to a point that you realize, I'm better than this. Come on, somebody. Listen, you're better than this. You're better than what you're experiencing in this moment. He says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, so I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Third thing I want you to see is he fessed up. you got to fess up. you got to take ownership. So he woke up, he got up, and then he fessed up. He took responsibility. He had his come-to-Jesus moment. He realized his, the absurdity of this situation. You see, but this is the absurdity. My dad is rich. And my dad has servants. And my dad's servants have servants. And even they have enough bread, food, clothing, housing, Anything they need, they have. Even the servants in my father's house have everything taken care of. And here I am sitting here among the pigs and the swine eating and desiring what they have. Well, at home, my dad has everything I need. Can I let you know something today? That in the father's house, there is never a famine. There is never lack in the Father's house. You stay put in the Father's house, everything you need is provided. But when he came to his senses, when he recognized this, and so he repents. Now, now many of us are sorry, but we don't repent. Yep. The difference. I don't care how much you cry. The Bible doesn't tell us to, be, to, to cry for our sin. But it does command us to repent. What's repentance? This this is the way most of us in religion operate. Because I know I did for a lot of years. We blow it. Oh, Father, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. I feel so dirty for what I did. Lord, forgive me. Feel good? Oh, God, I did it again. Oops. I did it again. And then all of a sudden, God, forgive me. I feel bad. I'm so sorry for what I did. And then, oh, I did it again. God, forgive me. I'm sorry. Please forgive me for what I... That's not repentance. Repentance means a change of thinking, which creates a change of direction. Change of thinking, change of direction. Change of thinking, change of Change of direction. So this is repentance. Father, I'm sorry I hurt your heart. I blew it. Father, forgive me for the things I did. And I make a choice now to go the other way. It's literally a 180. You're changing direction. So to say you repented without there being any evidence in the physical, there has to be a change in the physical when there's repentance in the spiritual. True repentance shows a change of direction. So verse 15 or verse 20, he says this. Look at verse 20. And he what? He arose. I want to tell some of you right now, now's the time to rise. Get up out of the pig pen. Now's the time to arise. So he woke up. He got up. He fessed up. And I love this. The last one. He stepped up. Now, what's a trip is this. He he gets up, he steps up, and he goes to his father. Now, he's living in a different country taking care of pigs. How is this guy going to pay passage to even get home? But he starts his way home. I guarantee you this. On the distance from the pig pen back to his father's house, There were a lot of exits that he could have taken, distractions he could have went off on. I guarantee you, there were moments on his 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 walk there. Now what are they going to say? What are the servants going to say when they see me walk in looking like this? Well, what's my brother going to say when he sees me looking like this? What am I, what, what's my dad going to say when I come home and I got nothing? I've wasted everything. But I need you to, need you to understand that repentance. When you come before God, don't give a rip what anyone else thinks about. I don't care what anyone else is going to say. How they're going to point me out. How don't care about anyone else. I got to get this right. I got to come home. I can't live in this situation anymore. So he arose and he stayed the course. Look with me here in the last part of verse 20. I love this. But when he was still a great way off, his father his father saw him. while well, he was still a great way off. No cell phones. No Instagram. No Snapchat. No Facebook. No messenger. Hey, heading home. Getting out of the pig pen. Take a picture of the pig pen. I'm out of here. Going to get my hair done. (laughs) Going back to dad. On the way to dad. There was none of that. Yet, while he was on his way home, his father saw him. His dad didn't know when he was coming home. But he saw him. Stay with me. Thank you. That tells me that every day since the sun left, yes. Dad was looking. Is this the day? I know your mom's been praying for you, man. She's been looking over that horizon, praying for you, believing for you, Praise trusting God for you. God. She might not be the prodigal son's father, but she definitely is the prodigal son's mother. She loves you, man. You're lucky. Lucky to have a mom that loves you. I know sometimes it gets a little overbearing. but She loves you. Be grateful that you have a mom that loves you that outrageously. Loves you to that level, man. You are an amazing mother. And your care for your children. When the father saw him, he had compassion. Father doesn't wait for him to come home. He runs after him. Now I know in my own insecurity, if I had left like that at my house and I started making my way home and my dad saw me afar off and I saw my dad running towards me, I know my dad wouldn't be coming to hug me. My dad's gonna come and beat the crap out of me. You wasted all that money. You went all the way out there. I gave you everything I worked for. And when the father gets there, the son's practicing this state. Dad, I've sinned against you in heaven. I've blown it. And I don't deserve to be called your son. Make me one of your household servants. He's practicing his, his, how he's going to apologize, how he's, he's going through the, and he's getting ready. And as soon as the father gets to him, he says, father, and he can't even get the word father out of his mouth before his father embraces him, (laughs) nappy hair and everything. Funk of a pig all over him. The smell, the clothes, everything about him was rancid and yet the father still embraces his son in the fallen condition, in the dirty condition. He's not concerned about the dirt getting on him. What he's concerned about, my son who was dead is now alive, who was lost and now is found. Hugs him. Embraces him says, he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I don't know about you, have you ever done any yard work or gotten sweaty outside? One of the nastiest places when you sweat is your neck. I'm telling you, the dirt gathers there, sweat's coming down, and his father doesn't kiss him on the cheek kisses him on the neck, one of the most dirtiest parts of him, he embraces. Listen carefully as I close. God calls himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Jacob was deceiver. Instead of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, which he changed his name to, he says, I'm God of Abraham, Isaac, and the deceiver. I'm the God of the worst part of you. I'm not the God of the promise of you. I'm the God, even of the worst part of you, of the part that was falling apart, the part that no one else wanted, the part that everyone else wanted to get rid of. I'm the part that you're embarrassed about. I'm the part that in your porn addiction, in your adultery, in your lies, in your addiction, in your fear, in your depression, no matter what you're going through, I'm the God of the lowest parts of your life. I want to be identified with that. I'm the God of that part of your life. Not just the good parts. See, the father sees his son coming towards him, and the father closes the gap. So if you draw nigh to me, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Just takes a step. When his father hugs him, I notice three things that he gets he gets a robe. A ring and new shoes. Gets his Birkenstocks back. <laughs> the robe symbolized covering. The ring symbolized authority. And the sandals represented a new destiny. Hey. Yeah. You're not the same person anymore. When you come back into this house, you're not the prodigal anymore. You come back into this house, you're not a slave, you're a son. You come back into this home, I'm not giving you a lecture. I'm not telling you, well, if you do X, Y, and Z, if you do this, that, and that, then I'll welcome you in my home. No, I'm welcoming you back, all, all of you. I'm welcoming back the failure. I'm welcoming back the, the mess up. I'm welcoming back every aspect of your life. But all I want you to do is son, daughter, Come home. Stand to your feet with me this morning. The prodigal son's father gave love instead of lectures. I want to be like that, Dad. I really do. Because my love has conditions. You hurt me and then you want to reconnect. I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, cool. I forgive you. But I'm going to have all kinds of lines of delineation around you after that. The Father doesn't do that. Say, listen, I'm going to give you this ring if you... I'm going to put this robe on you if you... I'm going to give you your Birkenstocks back if you... doesn't do that. You know, every time I've come back to the Lord, yes, I've come back several times. Don't judge me because you've done the same thing. But every time I've come back to God, not once has He given me conditions. He's just given me grace, love. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to understand shame draws us away from God. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to keep you in shame. Man, you blew it. Shame hides me from God. Confession restores me with God. Today, right now, many of you as you stand here we're hiding things from God, but God knows. Come on. God knows everything. He knows your thoughts. He knows your comings and your goings. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, you're here right now and you know today's the day to come home. You don't belong in that pig, pig's pen any longer. And you'd simply say, Pastor Dan, I just wanna give my life to God. I'm not, I'm not giving you conditions. You gotta stop doing this. You gotta stop going there. It just, you make a choice to come home. Let the count to three. And if that's you, you're man or woman enough to say, Pastor, I'm ready to restore my life with Christ. Come back to the Father's house. Stop living in shame. Stop hiding out. Because healing can't happen in the dark. So on the count of three, if that's you, just lift your hand in the air. Ready, one. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment too. Even those of you at home right now, why run from God when all he's gonna do is love you when he catches you? So I say this final number, left, right, front to back. I want you just to lift your hand in the air. I wanna pray with you. Ready, one, two, three. Lift your hand right now. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Over here as well, God bless you. Anyone else? Yes, God bless you. Amen. Online as well, give us a little hand emoji. We want to pray with you as well and let you know you're not alone. But now is the time to come home. Now is the time to come home. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here right now and maybe you're the brother that never left. When the son comes home, he's ticked off because they have thrown a party that he's come home. You're like, what about my party? I would never left, and all, he's getting all the attention. You're here right now, and maybe you're feeling like the older brother, that your faithfulness has been overlooked, but I want you to know, like the Father said, everything he has is yours, and the Father knows your faithfulness. The Father knows your goodness. You're here right now that you want to be able to celebrate when the prodigals come home. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you. Just lift your hand in the air. I want to celebrate the prodigals. I don't want to judge them. Yes, God bless you. Anyone else? I want to celebrate when the prodigals come home. There's a few other hands going up. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Father, we want to celebrate when prodigals come home. Lord, help us understand today that without repentance, there's no life. Lord, we don't want to just be sorry for what we've done. We want to repent. We want to change directions. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.